I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. And you're listening to Two Average Girls. Happy Tag Tuesday. Hello. Hello. How are you? Well, I sound <laughs> under the weather. Oh, again, still. But I'm not again still. Oh, it's been weeks since we recorded mm-hmm. because we've been waiting for my laryngitis. For your voice to heal. Yes, and it has not. But we we need to do this. You have to take care of your instruments, Denise. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Everybody, I mean, I don't, I think our listeners will agree that there's something going around oh, yeah. that is affecting people's larynge, like their lungs mm-hmm. and their voice. Mm-hmm. It literally did not make me sick, but made me lose my voice. So now I can at least get a sentence out and it sounds... Like I only smoke one pack a day. Listen, this is tag after dark. Listen, I could go all the way, but I won't. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, I feel good. I look tan. You look really good. Well, well, thank you. You're welcome. It's hard to take a compliment when my hair looks like this. The hair is, I, we're going to need to take a picture and post it on the Instagram because it is, it's, it's, a, it's an entity unto itself. I'm trying something new you're trying you're trying the Anne hair no I'm trying just to not blow dry it as much because it's so fine and I'm trying to let it grow and the more bleach you put on it and combine it with sun yeah and chlorine mm. and all the stuff mm. I'm just I went all natural for those of you who are wondering what we're talking about and it is something being short it looks like a big cotton ball no, it looks amazing it's it's pretty crazy, but I was at the river this weekend. Congratulations. Gorgeous out there. Here, not so much. Now, here's something funny. I told someone over this last weekend that you were out at the river, mm-hmm. and the question came back to me, "What? well, what river? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we say it here in Southern California, like everybody knows what we're talking about. Yes. What river? It would be the Colorado River. Okay. Thank you very and much. And it, it's not very far. Mm-mm. Um we're in the California side of the Colorado River, mm-hmm. and we go there to have fun, and it is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had, I always go there, and there's a Walmart there. Mm-hmm. I've been to that Walmart. Is it in Parker? Yes. It is in Parker. Yes, I've been to that Walmart. And let me just say this. <laughs> yes. I don't want to offend any listeners if they're Walmart people. I'm a Walmart person. You're not But there's me. people that go to Walmart, <laughs> which I am one of those people, and then there's Walmart people. Mm-hmm. That's a different deal, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole thing about Walmart people. Mm-hmm. I've been to a lot of Walmarts all over the country. And on Kauai. And on Kauai. It, it has its own flavor. Every place does. Mm-hmm. Parker <laughs> takes it to the next level. It is what the Instagram page, the people of Walmart is based on, I think. I think it's very accurate. Let me just say this. When I go to that Walmart, mm. I'm a 10. I don't mean to brag. A but Walmart I'm, 10, I'm yes. just telling you, when you go to that Walmart, you feel so good about yourself. <laughs> it's a Walmart 10. I, you know, I, I've been really feeling upset that I haven't been exercising sure. and I feel a little overweight and everything. Yeah. I go in there and I'm like, I'm so, on the runway, man. I look so good. No, I'm not, I, I'm not kidding. So yeah, yeah. No, it's a good, it's a good ego boost. I would suggest any Walmart whenever you're feeling bad about yourself, you will immediately <laughs> be raised up in in hotness points. I'm just telling you, I don't mean to brag, but I, I don't know that that's I had brag. people looking at me. <laughs> yeah, it's people staring. You had to say my eyes are up here. And well, no, they weren't looking at that. They were just like looking at me and I thought, is there something in my teeth? Oh, no, I just have my teeth. I don't know. <laughs> They're all here. Sometimes that's all it takes, man. Hey, sometimes it's all it takes. I brushed my hair. Congratulations. And I have all my teeth. <laughs> all right. A noted Denise's Walmart 10. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Love you. Oh, my goodness. Well, our guest today, we're so happy to have her on. We have been wanting to have her on because she's got a lot of stories to tell that we think are interesting. But the reason we're having her on is for our Father's Day special. Uh, welcome, Barbie. Joining us is Barbie Carey. We're glad to have you. Thank you so much. Yes. Barbie and I are related. <laughs> yeah. We are. Kind of. Yes. Truly. Not kind of. You well, are truly related. We are related. Yes. But through marriage. Yes. Our kids are married. And you share a, may I say, one of the cutest grandchildren I've ever seen. It, it, she is literally... One of the cutest. She's absolutely the most darling little. Oh, I want to. There's oh. two other that are almost as cute. No, no, no. 
I'm not taking anything away from the other two grandchildren at all. They are darling and beautiful. The grandchild that you two share is a darling, beautiful grandchild between and the two of you. she's so sweet. That's the thing. She's oh. so sweet. She's at that age where like, yeah. you know, she's not talking bad. She's just smiling. <laughs> she's doing, she's like all in. It's the best. Like she's so cute. But she's yeah. happy to be everywhere we go. She's yeah, there she, for the party. She is. Oh, I love Which it. could be scary later. No. <laughs> she just wants it. Does she have FOMO? Is she crying oh, yeah. in the other room oh, if you yes. guys are having fun? Yes. She can be so tired, but she doesn't care. She, she doesn't nap very well. well. She does not nap. She sleeps well at night, but she does not nap because she does not want to miss out. Yeah. She's my kind of girl. Yeah, she's her mother's too. daughter. She's oh, yes. like that, and I'm like that. So yeah. there's just like. <laughs> she gets it from girl. Yeah. It runs in the family. It runs in the family. But Barbie and I have known each other for now since our kids started dating, and we share some similar friends which yes. over the years and there's just so many things but even before I knew Barbie the way I know her now I knew her because I would have our mutual friends talk about her family mm-hmm. and one of the things they talked about was her father and I when we were talking about doing a Father's Day tribute mm-hmm. we talked about talking about men mm-hmm. in our lives that have been influential or have been meaning have meaning to us and I thought immediately of Barbie and her father. Um, And so we wanted to talk to you a little bit about what made your father who he was as a man and what kind of influence he had. And for our listeners and relatable, I think it will be mostly that it's easy to mail bash. Mm -hmm. I mean, society is kind of... Oh, the the white man is taking it on the chin. Sure. And okay, sometimes you can understand. But across the board, um, I don't know. I've got some pretty good men in my life. Let's 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 just dig right into your dad. Let's. When when was he born? What era was he born in? My dad was born in 1936 mm-hmm. in Pontiac, Michigan. And what brought him here to Orange County? A lot of cold weather that he was done with, and his in-laws had decided they were going to move to California, and he said to my mom. Let's go. They just up and left. Uh, just up and left. So yeah. get out here. Was Orange County their first stop? Was that it was. that was the intended right destination? Yeah, my grandparent, my grandmother had an aunt that lived in Costa Mesa, mm. so that's right where they went, and they got a place in Costa Mesa, and then Santa Ana, and this is it. This is where they came, and um, they loved it. About what year was that? That they came here to Orange County. Oh, 1959. 59. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The weird thing is the house that her grandfather lived in is three houses away from my mother. <gasps> oh, you guys were related from the beginning. There's That's a crazy. lot of those really strange little things in our lives. Oh. Our neighbors yeah. are one of their best friends. She went to high school with my neighbor. Grade school. I've known her since first grade. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And our kids went to the same birthday parties. I've seen that cute photo. They didn't know each other, of course. They were just little kids at the same birthday party. Standing next to each other, not even knowing each other was there. They're Uh, just looking at the cake. Of course. Got that cake. Who would have known that, you know, 25 years later, we would have the best, the cutest baby in the world because of their union. (laughs) That's right. It's so lucky. So they get out here, late 50s, the latest of the 50s. What, what is your dad and mom, what do they start doing? What's their goal? My dad had $50 in his pocket and he went to First American Title and he got a job and he started working there in public relations, which was a great thing because my dad was very social, very energetic, full of enthusiasm. And uh, so it was a great place for him to start and he met a lot of people there and that's where it all started for him did he have a college degree he did not finish college and he had two years of law school and he didn't finish that because he was in on the ground floor of the real estate market here in orange county Mm -hmm. and real estate he was taking off his career was skyrocketing so he just left law school and got into real estate rightfully so Mm -hmm. that was the right decision how old was he when he started at the bank or at the title company. Oh, gosh. Well, he had to be like 24, 25. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was young. Yeah, he was very young. So it must have been, it was through the the job at the title company that your dad started getting in on real estate deals, I assume? Well, he went from there to Walker and Lee, 
Okay. And I don't know if you remember it's, Walker and Lee, but yeah. real estate company. Right. And he uh, learned sales and he became a great salesman. Uh, so between his PR and his salesmanship, he was really able to do a lot of different things. And uh, he ended up then going to work for Dean Brother Homes and a variety of other companies. And then he started his own marketing consulting company. So he was one of the premier marketing consultants for new home sales in the country and even international in in uh, the UK and in Canada. Wow. And uh, so he did all the research so there would be a parcel of land and what should be built on that parcel and who's the target market and what do the families look like and so on and so forth. So that's how he really got to understanding the real estate market in Southern California. Did he then say, okay, all these guys are making big money in real estate. I, I know how to do that. Is that what led him? How did he get into actually doing real estate? Well, uh, he did. He had his uh, company market profiles for many years. And then uh, he became partners with some other people and began his own building company. Mm. So building residential or business? Residential. And what, do you know where he started? I don't, I'm, I'm asking you questions you might not yeah, know yeah, the yeah. answer to. No, uh, <laughs> their first project was in Diamond Bar. Oh, Wow. Yeah. 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 They had a big project in Diamond Bar. And then there was, um, do you guys know Villarbon, which is very close by? They picked up Villarbon when it was about halfway finished and completed Villa. It's just on the other side of Crawford Canyon. Wait a in minute. Orange. Yes. It's a condo. Mm -hmm. It's, a, it's mm -hmm. condos. Oh, yes. That's right. Where that by is. My, it's on the way to yes. what Jenny's house yes. kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. He developed that? Well, he picked up probably midway through. They took over the development of it and finished it. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I mm -hmm. love these stories about places that we know. And I know that your dad was influential in so many different areas around Orange County. And that's why I'm like, this is so exciting for me, you know? Yeah. We, we have a scrapbook and it's full of newspaper clippings, right? Because in those times you talked about real estate and everything that was happening and hey, open, you know, the, the open project's houses. opening and yeah. uh, everybody come to the opening and so it was a big deal all those years. Real estate was so big. Especially here in Orange County yeah. where it was like, oh, we're tearing down this this one orange grove. It's like, well, yeah. little did we know there wouldn't be any left. But at the time it was like, that's fine. We can do without this yeah. area. Yeah. It's so interesting because for people who don't know, every little city runs into each other now. Irvine, Tustin, Orange, Santa Ana. It's all, no, you don't know where it begins and where it stops. When my parents were, when I was little, younger, and I'm sure when you were young, there were places like Costa Mesa to Yorba Linda seemed like forever. And that's like, you know, no more than 20 miles, mm -hmm. maybe 15. Now, there's nothing like that. No. It's all just running into each other. So for your father, somewhat of a pioneer mm -hmm. in the whole idea of what's this going to look like in the future and taking a risk where nobody knew if it was going to take off. Mm -hmm. How did we know? My dad was the epitome of entrepreneur, and he had this really keen knack for knowing when to get in the market and when to get out of the market. So he would be building houses, and they would finish a project, and then before they decided on the next, took a good look at the market, and he might get out of the market. And then he'd go back to consulting, and then when things changed, he'd get back into the market. So he did... He did that a few times. Ooh, that's a, that is a gift mm -hmm. that every developer, anyone who's in real estate wishes they could tap in. Where do you think your father found those instincts or came with those instincts to become, you said he was an entrepreneur. There's a lot of people who don't have the appetite for risk. There's a lot of people who can't figure out and don't want to put themselves out there in order to monetarily risk their family's livelihood. Where do you think your dad got that? My dad came from really humble beginnings. He was one of nine. He has mm. a fraternal twin. And the nine of them lived in a three-bedroom house with no <gasps> running water for many years. Um, so he came from a very humble place. And he went into the Army. And I think he learned a lot there. And he just came out wanting to do things and he was really driven so I think that drive that he had just innate to him uh, is what really made him what he was mm -hmm. there's nine of them yeah. <laughs> not all of them came out like that yeah he had a gift or an innate ability 
to be successful, but mostly because of hard work. Definitely. He was, a, he was again, just driven. I can't think of another word. He yeah. was going to make it happen. And um, he, I know a lot of his partners through the years said that my dad was the one that kick up all the dust mm-hmm. and then they would settle the dust. I get so that. So he loved getting out there, getting out in front and making deals happen and yeah. finding the right deals. And uh, he had great partners to help him settle it. Your mother must have been incredibly supportive as well. Absolutely. My mom was a, she always helped him in his company. So when he had his market profiles, she worked at the home office and helped him and supported him all along the way. Yeah, that's, um, and for those of you who may be wondering, you have heard from Mimi on this very podcast. She's one of our most listened to podcasts. She is our guest that came on and talked about reading numbers. And I'm telling you, I got more comments personally on that podcast than I have any other podcast. People were like, this is amazing. I bought the book. I went online. I, you know, all this stuff. She's a character. She's a character. And one of the funny things about Mimi is how she relates to your father when she talks about him now. Mm -hmm. Now, your father's no longer with us. Right. He passed away in what year? 2018. Of cancer. Yes. And Mimi... You know, she's a very positive person. But the funny thing is that she talks about how your father used to control her. Not in a bad way, but right. like Mimi had a lot of freedom mm-hmm. until she didn't. <laughs> is that about well, sum it up? The way she would describe it is because he was a salesman, there's there's like five serious rules to being a salesman. And one time my mom said to him, well, what are the rules to salesmanship? And I wish I could recite them now. But he told her and he got to number three and she's like, oh my gosh, you have been selling me my whole life. We are not doing this anymore. I know what's happening now. Yes. So I think he was a great salesman. The actual title of the podcast, I think, was he was trying to drive me crazy yeah. or something. Yeah. something I thought that. he might be killing, was going to kill me or something. Yeah, 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 he was trying to drive me nuts, you know, because he was using his tactics on her in their marriage. Yes. And she caught on. Absolutely. <laughs> and she would say, too, once she found out his numbers, she understood him much better. Yes. So that helped her understand why he was like he was. The way he yeah. was, yeah. yeah. All right, so we've talked sort of business with your dad, though, That's which is a lot about, before we got started on the podcast we were talking about my husband retiring and how it will never happen because work just sort of defines him and I know that your dad's work was a lot of the definition of who he was you're an only child though and so you had one-on-one attention from dad that a lot of people don't get and he made a really huge impact on your life what is what are a few of the things that you can say if it weren't for my dad I wouldn't know this you know yeah, I mean, what can you say about a dad who is always there for you, mm. who makes time for you and really listens to you? We had so much fun together. I mean, my whole life we had fun together. And I think because he had his own businesses uh, early on, he was my softball coach. And there was nothing we enjoyed more than softball season. We yeah. had so much fun. So he was always there uh, always willing to be available. I mean, he always picked up my phone call. Mm-hmm. When we got cell phones and I would call him, I know of two occasions that he didn't pick up because he couldn't pick up. He always picked up my phone call. I mean, to have a dad that makes you feel that loved yeah. and that important is incredible. Give us some qualities of your father. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> uh, he was humble. Oh, I love that. Incredible integrity. Mm-hmm so fair I often thought to the detriment of himself and I think one of my favorite things is because he had a twin his dad would say okay you guys gonna split that sandwich one of you whoever cuts it you cut it but the other person gets to pick the piece (laughs) so he always was incredibly fair Mm -hmm. more than fair Um, he was so honest and respectful of people um, encouraging, full of enthusiasm. When my mom met my dad, <laughs> he had a list of words in his pocket. Do you remember the story? I what? do. Yeah. Uh, and they were punchlines to jokes. No. Oh, yeah. And he'd look at his little list and he, he had so many jokes and he loved making people laugh and he was fun. He was just fun. 
<laughs> the list of punchlines is amazing. I would love to hear some of those jokes. Were they dad jokes? Were they like kind of corny? Uh, no, they were good. They jokes. were good jokes. They were good jokes. Oh, I yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love good a guy jokes. who can tell a joke. Yeah. What my, else? My dad led by example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's funny too. He, um, when my mom met him, of course he's young and he's eager and he's out there and he swore and he smoked and he did all the things, right? Yeah. And then one day he decided, okay, I'm, I'm not going to smoke anymore. I'm not going to swear anymore. Uh, I'm done with that. And he did. He, he, he just stopped. And uh, so he's a, he was a big golfer. Mm-hmm. He, during one of his retirements, tried to make the seniors tour. <laughs> and he, um, he's known for saying dirty word. So instead of swearing a swear word, he would say, Dirty word. Oh my gosh. I and so that. people actually know him. We'll go places and say, Hey, how are you doing, dirty word? Oh, like, I oh love it. my gosh. I love it. It's so funny. But he just he was he, he felt language was important. And I know for myself and other people that he mentored, we would say, you know, you know, you know. He was okay, I'm filling this jar with quarters. These are yours. But every time you say you know, I'm taking one out. Uh-huh. So he would train us this way, and yeah. we loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, so he was always honest to to be good, to do our best, to try hard. What you're saying? <laughs> be good, try hard, have fun. That's right. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Were Were you a religious family growing up? Um, yes, uh, we went to church not a lot when I was young. We did, but he he grew up in a Christian home, mm-hmm. and my mom grew up in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I always knew where the line was with my dad. Yes. I want to say he was strict because I always knew where the line was. Right. And I I think today, oh my gosh, there's so many things that go on and I would not leave the house looking like a lot of young girls will look today, right? There's no way. Yes. I wouldn't even attempt it. Right. There's no way. No. But that's because I had so much respect for him too. I didn't want to disappoint him. Oh, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal, especially with fathers and daughters. You don't want to disappoint your dad. Yeah. No, don't no. you think the respect, the mutual respect he gave you, and I know that when I've talked to you about him and I've talked to Mimi and I've talked to your daughter about him, everybody says that, that they respected him, but they also felt respected. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a hard yeah. thing to do. It is. It's a very difficult thing to give respect to people who are, when you're one of those people, and we all know that guy, who just garners respect a lot of times you don't get it in return they're all sort of about themselves Mm -hmm. sounds Mm -hmm. like your dad was outward in his ability to understand how he made people feel i i think he was and i know he often said that when he came to california and started his career there were key people that he came across that really helped him in his career and he said i could never really pay them back for for what they did for me but I can help others and that will be my way of, of giving back yeah. um, to the men who helped me so much. So he wanted to help people. He, I often think I'm an only child because my dad needed time to mentor all these other people. He has mentored so many young men, hundreds, hundreds. And I know after he passed, I got phone calls from people I had met, but I didn't really know, telling me what my dad had done for them, how he had helped them, how much he meant to them. It's it's amazing. So I just remember your father, because my husband has mentored people. Your husband's a mentor. Your husband's a mentor. Yes. We have great men in our lives who have been successful and who I think want to give back. Your father took it, I feel like, to the next level because he was very intentional about what he expected. Like you said, he had high expectations. He expected a lot out of people. And my opinion is where much is expected, much is given. But you were telling me that there were certain things that your dad expected. Give, I, I want to be mentored by your father. What would I do? Well, one of the things that my dad was really big on was t- taking care of your mind. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts impact your actions. And early on in his career, we did something together that was all affirmation based. Mm-hmm. So he was big on how you talk to yourself, what you tell yourself. And that affirmations can really set you up for success in life. So when he met with people, that was always part of what they talked about. And 
he had all kinds of things from sales training manuals that he would walk people through. He had affirmations that we, he would have them work on. He had a, he, my dad was a prolific reader. So he had a lot of things that he drew upon to help people. So depending on who he was meeting with and what their needs were, he would have a program for them. Hmm. Yeah. That is am- that's yeah. amazing. Like it wasn't, it was intentional. Like Denise said, there was not, there was, it wasn't just like, well, let me just help you with something. He absolutely had like a program. Absolutely. He was, what, what struck me about him was that there was, I could, I could tell that by what she was telling me and what people have told me about him is he saw the future for them. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if he saw what they couldn't see for themselves. He wouldn't waste his time on people, not because they weren't good enough. And I'm, just paraphrasing from what I've heard, but he would invest his time as long as they invested in themselves as well. Absolutely. He had to take it serious. And he did have really high expectations and discipline was a big thing with my dad. You had to be disciplined in what you tell yourself, how you behave, what you put in your body, the whole thing. It it all goes together. And so he would help people be accountable and help them find a path. And you know, even when I was in college and came home for the summer one time, we had what I used to call Bill Mitchell's boot camp because <laughs> my dad had friends in Michigan who would say, hey, my son's giving me a hard time. Can I send him out to you for the summer? Oh, my And they God. literally came and lived with us. What? And yeah, got the Bill Mitchell treatment for a summer. What would the Bill, treat, Bill Mitchell treatment look like? On a day-to-day basis. You're going to get up in the morning and whatever it is you had to do that day, you're going to get up at this time. These are the (laughs) things you're going to accomplish and this is how we're going to do it. And we'll spend a couple hours doing something else. And golfing was a big thing with my dad. So he would take kids out on the golf course because he thought golfing, you get a lot, you have to be disciplined. You have to follow the rules. You have to have nice etiquette. And so he would take kids out on the golf course and work with them out there. And that gave him a lot of opportunity just to talk and relax. And relationships are made out on the golf course. That's something that business, we always told our son that as a younger person, we're like, learn how to golf because that's where you're going to find some relationships out there. It's not, it's all of those things that you're talking about, but it also then when it all comes together for these guys as they get older, yeah. you can see that it's very important to be able to stand out out there in the golf course and not act the fool. Right. Yeah, yeah my dad would say, you can learn more about a person in three holes of golf than in any other way. Amen. Yeah. No, so cool. interesting. And that makes me think about my recent golf experience. How are you doing with that? How are you doing? Are you going to, do you need to go to, to the boot camp? The summer I wish, camp? I wish Bill Mitchell could, I would I don't say dirty word. I actually say the word. No. So now I'm going to need to like. Is that why in Walmart they, they're yelling, hey, blank. Yeah, they know you? me. They know me. <laughs> Got it. No, I think when she talks about about her father, I just, I, I love the fact that he can take an ordinary day and turn it into a learning experience. He basically was the OG of life coach. He really was. He really was, and and he had like he had a hard time retiring. He yes. never really retired. He worked his whole life and went from one thing to the next. And he um, he loved mentoring people. And I told him at one point, I said, "Dad, why don't you just forget all this and be an actual life coach?" Right. Well, he would never charge somebody to be a life coach, right? He, right. He, he, he was just a coach. No, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. How old did your dad live to be? He was 81. Okay. Almost 82. Life yeah. well lived. Very well lived. And yes. these these guys, I'm always interested in so, someone's going to put their kid on a plane and send them out. Yes. And get them you're going to go to a boot camp <laughs> yes. and but it's going to be a really nice boot camp. But <laughs> did you did you ever were there ever truly troubled kids or were they kids that just needed to like you're not listening to your parents anymore? And you need to just write the course. Was that more there of the There were field? some troubled kids. I know when I was in high school, and I didn't know this at the time, but again, my dad always being involved. He ran the booster club at our high school, and <laughs> so he was always there. He was friends with the football coaches. He was, he was just always there and with us. Right. And uh, the coaches would call him when certain kids were having trouble and oh. said, Bill, can you take him and talk to him and see if you can help him? And my dad did that for a couple of kids that were pretty troubled and I have to say you know it seemed to turn out pretty well oh that's amazing he he was able to help people he really was what would your dad say about the kids today 
What do you think he... Oh, gosh. I look at my... I think about my grandfather. My grandfather is somebody who I respected and probably had the biggest influence of my life of any man. Mm -hmm. And he has a lot of qualities that are the same as your father's. Prolific reader. Mm, Always, yeah. Education was... He came from the, the Depression era, and education... He never graduated from college. He went to a junior college, but never graduated. But continual, continually learning all the time. And so when I, I think about what my grandfather would think about today's society, mm-hmm. I know he's turning in his grave. Mm-hmm. I know he's thinking there's, I mean, when we're talking about the qualities of your father, we talk about the qualities of the men that we appreciate and that are in our lives that's what's lacking in society. Yeah, I think he would think have a lot to say about entitlement mm-hmm. and work ethic and discipline mm-hmm. and getting outside yourself, not focusing on you, but you know, trying to get out there and, and be involved with other people and help people where you can. And he was the, what's the saying, a, a hand up, not a handout kind yeah. of guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just, he knew people had it in them. You know, he knew he knew people could go a lot farther than they knew. And I think he helped some people get there. They could get there. He, my dad could open doors for people, but then they had to be able to walk through and make it happen. And I, he, I know there's one story that he, um, someone had worked for him and um, years had gone by, but they were always in touch. And this job opportunity came up and my dad told them, you need to apply for this job. No, I, I don't think so. You need to, and he got the job and it was phenomenal. You know, mm. what it did for him and his family. And to this day, they talk about it, you know, because he, he was too timid maybe to, to go in and, and, and my dad encouraged him and he did it and he was amazing. Isn't that the thing though? Sometimes you need someone else to believe in you because you don't believe in yourself. Someone of your dad's stature, well-known in the community, whatever. If that guy comes to me and tells me I need to apply for this job, I'm not going to get it to the job, but I'll go apply for it. And next thing you know, you get it. I love that believing in other people to a point where you're not afraid to, your dad wasn't afraid to reach out there and say, no, go do it. I know you can do it. Yeah. And that's, that is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. I, I, that's such an admirable quality. I think that is so hard for us as in this society right now. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we're all about ourselves. People don't look past themselves to help others. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean like with groceries or <laughs> bringing the trash can in. I'm saying to really get to know somebody, spend the time, put them up, put the time in with these people and be able to be encouraging. Yeah, and I think my dad never really looked a lot at education. He always said, I look for the athlete because I know the athlete, you know, they know how to train, they know how to work, they know how to do things. So if he could see that in people... It, it, he could see them going a long way. And one of the last things he did in his career, his entrepreneurial career, he um, started a company called Up Your Aspirations. No. It's amazing. Yes. His whole thing was, you're all right where you are, but you're too good to stay there. Come on, let's go. I love it. So yeah. what what was Up Your Aspirations? What did he do on the daily? Uh, a lot of... of tips and tricks to the trade and how to do things and how to be and affirmations and just a lot of his life's work packaged. I have boxes full of his work that I think, gosh, how, how can we do something with this? Because there's so much valuable information there. And he is on, uh, we put some of his stuff on YouTube, oh. um, but it's not too well organized yet but you know someday i hope to really be able to do something with that because he's just so wise yeah incredibly wise you and your husband run your own business you are president ceo and founder of all of the above of of your business was that your your dad's influence absolutely yeah yeah again i you know we i didn't really know any better but you know he encouraged us you can do this yeah what is your background you went to college for mm-hmm. telecommunications, TV, mm-hmm. radio, and communication theory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all mm-hmm. about the theory, right? Where right. did you Where did you go to college? Uh, University of Colorado. Oh, so you you left the SoCal area I and did. realized that you needed to get back immediately. Absolutely. Is that where back. you met your husband? No, we met here working at a small TV station. Oh, okay. I ask because what you do now, you guys do. Do you mind telling the audience what you do? 
Sure. We uh, are do infomercials mm-hmm. in the most simple sense so people know what we do. We uh, started an infomercial company like 36 years ago. And my dad, he was always there working with us. And he came in and out of our company from time to time as president and when he was between jobs. And he helped our sales team. Um, but we do commercials with 800 numbers. And now we do a lot of digital. And uh, it's been a great business. But I, I laugh because my dad was a marketer at heart and you know I used to walk new homes with him and I was I worked for him in the summers and we're just doing another form of marketing right yeah it's, it's all in my same, blood it's yeah. the same principles yes just different business exactly yeah I love exactly. that I will say like going back to my dad being all about what you put in your mind and how you think and what you think about yourself he always had sayings too a lot of sayings that he could always draw upon and I, one of the best ones for me in our business was don't expect what you don't inspect. Oh. Don't so, expect what you don't inspect. Right. So it's a thinker. <laughs> I saw the hamster wheel moving and some smoke coming yeah. out. So I wasn't sure if you yeah. got it. No, I got it. It's a thinker though. But it served me well. I mean, I have to remind myself of that today. If you're doing something or someone else is doing something for you, you better check in on it and make sure it's be engaged and yeah. right. Right. Exactly. Keep your eyes right. on it. And right. That's right. interesting. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Don't expect what you, what don't, you don't inspect. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't just like open the bagel shop and walk away because you got someone to run it. Well, you I know? think also personally there's a lot of expectations or Maybe it's entitlement now, right, for people. But they're not really willing to do the work mm-hmm. and take a hard look, and especially of yourself. You have a lot of expectations of where you want to be, but if you can't look inside yourself, where are you going to be? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like it. He would also say if you're going to doubt something, doubt your limits. I mean, who thinks that way? Doubt your limits, Rather than the other way, which is doubt your ability, right? Which is what we all doubt, right? But doubt your limits. Yeah, I love wow. that. Yeah, that's a good one. He's got a lot of tags for us. So yeah. many, so many. What yeah. else? Anything? Anything else? Uh, you know, this is a take off of um, someone else's, but um, circumstances do not make you who you are; they reveal who you are. Mm-hmm. I don't know who originally said that, but yeah. that was one of his favorites to remind people you know it matters how you react to things you do see people in situations where maybe the situation is bad and the person that you didn't think was going to freak out starts freaking out and that's the only other person you've got there you know immediately everything you need to know about that person you know it's like right. yeah. i mean those ha- those things happen all the time where you're just like uh oh Good circumstances are easy. It's easy to be a good person out in the, you know, playground or whatever. But then when things get hard, it really reveals who you are. A positive mind attracts and a negative mind repels. That's the truth. Oh my goodness, yes. I like that a lot. Because we all have negative people in our life. And you're like, I wonder wonder why this is not working out for you. You know, and, mm-hmm. and then you realize, well, it's because you're repelling people around you. That's why, <laughs> with your negativity. <laughs> A lot of people don't grow up in a positive environment with a lot of good reinforcement. So I think my dad was just able to um, inject that into different people's lives and help them have a more positive outlook on their life. This is a hard question and there's no right or wrong, but how do we reach in and and have a Bill Mitchell moment for Mm -hmm. ourselves, right? How do we be a Bill Mitchell? I think my dad would say, affirmations you know start your day with five positive affirmations about yourself and today there's lots of places to get affirmations yeah and for every negative thing you say you gotta say one or two positive things so you just can't let the negative overtake where you're going let me ask you this do either one of you look in the mirror in the morning or do these positive affirmations on the daily I don't look in the mirror and do it, but I am a big collector of quotes and positive sayings. And there are times what, I mean, it's not daily, but probably on the weekly mm-hmm. where I'll go to that list that's in my phone and just like start looking through some positive stuff. How about you, Barbie? I don't do it daily. There've been times in my life when I have done the positive affirmations and, um, but I, I always know when I'm going a little negative yeah. to snap it back, yeah, bring it back. Yeah. So I think personally, it depends on how you grew up. And Mm -hmm. for me, I didn't grow up with a father or people around me that were super positive. 
So affirmations have always made me feel uncomfortable. Oh, they make you feel, oh, it's the opposite effect. Mm. Well, because I've never utilized them the way I should. Mm -hmm. Really, I've never utilized them for good. I've talked about making your own, we've talked about it on the podcast, Mm -hmm. making your own personal mission statement. That's right. And part of that is literally giving yourself daily affirmations or finding a mantra that works for you daily. Mm-hmm. I started doing it. I got out of the habit. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that it seems a little uncomfortable for people because you really have to dig deep. You can keep it pretty simple. Yeah. You can start pretty simple. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to have so to go too. back and try. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think so too. I think I really would have liked your dad because I like a person who's like, here's how you start your day. Mm-hmm. Start with this. And, you know, just be, being very positive about <clears throat> the outlook and the rest the rest of your day. Because, you know, a good day leads to a good week, leads to a good month. Right. And then pretty soon you've got more good days than you've had bad days. Yeah. And I think that's probably sort of where that personal affirmation thing goes. Yeah, and life as we all know, will throw a lot of challenges at you. And you've got to have some tools to keep you going strong, right? Because it would be too easy just to cave to all these challenges that you have in life. I think that's what's happening to people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really that we're all caving to the negative. It's hard. It's, It's rough. It is hard. Yeah. But it can be done. It really can be done. It can be. So one of the things that I love about your father, he did love golf, and I'm learning to like it. I'd like to love it, but I'm not very good. So until I get better, I don't think you can love something when it's so challenging. But it goes with that whole idea of work hard, commit to it, doing all these things. Your father wrote a book. My dad wrote a few books. He did. He did. Oh, yeah. So he's an author as well. Yes. He wrote Mindset for Success. Uh huh. He wrote The Mental Side of Golf. Oh. And he wrote. You should probably read that. You should read that. He wrote a book on negotiation for real estate agents. What? Yeah. Amazing. I know. My dad had so much energy. I wish I had half his energy. I mean, how do you get to all of those things in one lifetime? Yeah. Three books? Give me a break. Were these books that were published and available to the public? Or were they more just like, I, you know, these are for my friends and we have these at work? Um, I don't remember, you know, when he wrote them, yeah. I don't think Amazon really existed. No, it didn't. No. I've actually thought about maybe taking his books and putting them on Amazon. Someday maybe I'll get a, around to that. You yes. have a lot to do, it sounds like, with your dad. I know. <laughs> I need him here to help me. Really? Yeah, he, do. Done. No, he could get so much done. Yeah. I love it. Do, have you read these books? I have. Yeah. And they are a guide to whatever the title is. They are a guide to those very things. Absolutely. And again, for him, it always came back to your mindset. You have to have a positive mindset, a positive outlook, and you have to fight for that. Yeah, it doesn't come naturally. No. I'm looking at Denise. It doesn't come (laughs) naturally. Just because you, you know, I understand that you, there were some challenges and it it doesn't come naturally. No. And the daily affirmations don't come naturally. I get it. No. I mean, there is just, and I'm speaking for myself, but I know that, I think I'm speaking for a lot of people that are even listening that. Even on the best days, there's still challenges. Always. And it could be health. It could be financial. Mm-hmm. It could be mental. It could be addiction. There's just lots of lots of things that pile up. And sometimes there's all of the above. Yeah. And when you get to that place, if you're not in that frame of mind and you don't have anybody to encourage you like your father, you got to find it in yourself. Yeah. I That's agree. difficult. No, I agree. That is difficult. You mentioned that your dad um, passed away from cancer mm-hmm. uh, not long ago. Mm-hmm. How did he handle that diagnosis uh, with with you guys, with you and your mom? It was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a very rare cancer. There's no treatments for it. Um, it's so rare, there's just no research behind it. Mm. And, uh, you know, he handled it amazingly i i said to shana recently i said when i go back and think about how he walked through that challenge pretty amazing um he was in a lot of pain so he you know he couldn't be positive but he was grateful for the moments that we had here and there along the way and uh he he fought it as much as he could Mm -hmm. and um he had a very decent attitude about it. He accepted it, and he never let us see him really down about it. 
So he remained true to his whole gig. His his entire life was about positivity, daily affirmations, being the yeah. best you can be. Even yeah. even with a horrible cancer diagnosis, he remained true to that. He did. He did. That's he really did. Yeah. That's amazing. As we're talking about, you know, people who you can't count on in a tough situation, he was clearly the person you could count on. Yeah. We've talked about this before, but your father wrote Shana, your daughter, my daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. a letter. Yes. Tell us about the letter. He wrote her probably several letters as he wrote me over the course of, of our life together. But um, this is a letter he wrote to Shana, and she must have been about 14. <laughs> and we were imposing some rules that she wasn't crazy about, and she let us all know it, including my <laughs> oh. dad. So my dad took the time to write her the most thoughtful letter kind of taking her through in a very rational way why we were doing what we were doing and that it was out of love and he hoped someday she would understand that that we were just trying to protect her as that's what parents are supposed to do and uh so i kept this letter of course and um at the end he says you probably will not agree with papa what papa is saying right now but read this 10 years from now i love you angel papa Oh. oh, did it help her attitude at all at 14? I think so. Yeah. I think, well, yeah, anytime she heard from him, she she took it to heart for sure. I had a very close relationship with my grandfather and, of course, didn't realize it until long after he was, he died in 76, so I was only eight years old when we lost him. But now, years later, you look back and you go, oh, wow, I was kind of like the apple of his eye. What was that relationship like between Papa and Shana? Oh my goodness, she was definitely the apple of his eye. I I I have so many pictures when she was young and she was with my dad and him holding her and you can just see the security that she feels with him. It just the picture says everything. She feels safe, she feels secure, she feels loved. She's just in her comfort place. Yeah. So they had a really great relationship and she worked with him up until he couldn't work anymore, helping him get some of his the last things out that he wanted to get out. So they had a really very special relationship. That's just really sweet. I love that. I love to hear that. Yeah. When Chance and Shana met, I think it is we have so many parallel interesting things that brought our families together and my mother-in-law had been diagnosed with brain cancer yeah. and they passed away within days of one another mm-hmm. and Ch- Shana and Chance had just met each other and was within weeks that your father passed and then my mother-in-law passed mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of what brought them mm-hmm. together at a at a close and in a closeness that would normally not have happened given the circumstances of just regular dating. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm so sad that my dad didn't get to meet Chance. I know. Because he would have loved Chance. I think Chance would have loved him and I would have loved your dad. And that's one of the reasons I wanted our guests to get to know him a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because I think, again, it's easy to mail bash. It's easy to look at men and, and, and think of some of the things that aren't positive. For me, I'm grateful that I have these great men in my life. And... I've had those great men, mm-hmm. like yeah. my grandfather, your grandfather, your grandfather, your father, yeah. your husband, all of us. So as we enter into the week of Father's Day, yes, I wanted to make sure that as women and men, that we look for mentors, that we look for people in our lives that make us feel good about who we are. Yeah. And if you can't find a mentor, be a mentor. Be the mentor you wish someone had been for you. So as we talk about different men that my dad has mentored, Tom Ferry is a very, very successful real estate coach. And Tom Ferry's dad, Mike Ferry, actually worked for my dad years ago when he had his consulting company. And uh, Tom is his son now. And Tom is one of the men that my dad mentored. And um, when my dad passed, Tom said, yesterday we said goodbye to my friend, my longest mentor, and my surrogate father, W.E. Bill Mitchell. He taught me how to be a great husband to Kathy, father to Michael and Stephen, leader for my team, and coach for others. He was there for me at 20 when I was a young, naive kid. And when Kathy and I made the decision to start our business 15 years ago, he was my emotional safety net. I knew I couldn't fail with him by my side. This photo was 
the last photo of our meeting at our office. We were brainstorming social strategies for a project he was working on. That was Bill. He personified the Japanese expression, kaisen. Mm -hmm. He was always working on getting better and helping everyone around him do the same. I love you, Bill. Thanks for being such a force in for good in my life. I love that. How wonderful that he expressed that to everybody. Yeah, and every year he posts something. Um, so That's yeah. very sweet. We'll post that picture on our Instagram, if that's okay with you, yes, so everyone yes. can see that photo of your dad with one of his mentees. That's really, that's very special. I'm so glad you shared that with us. The legacy that Bill Mitchell has left, I think, is really what he should be most proud of because Barbie mm -hmm. personifies her father. I mean, I'm not just saying that because we're related. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but you do. And your daughter is, I mean, she's one of the most gracious, beautiful, strong, yeah, amazing women mm -hmm. that I know. And I'm so grateful that she's my daughter in love, I call her. Mm -hmm. Not my daughter-in-law, but my daughter in love. Mm -hmm. Because of who he was. And Mimi. And, and a lot of other things. But Bill Mitchell touched all of our lives, even though I don't know him. Right. So I'm so grateful for him. We're all grateful for him. You've left us with a lot of quotes, a lot of affirmations. Do you have one that's specific to you, Barbie, that you want to share? A takeaway gift for our audience? Well, something that I say often to my daughter is simply, we will figure it out. I love it. Because, and do you? We do. We do. <laughs> you have to. What choice do you have? Yeah, that's true. It, it, there's always a way. There's always, there's always a, way. a way. Yeah. When you said that right now, all I could think of was it. that saying gives me hope, right? We will figure it out instead of like, eh, there's well, nothing we can do about it. Too bad. Too bad. It's just the way it is. The way it is. No, we will figure it out. Means, we will figure it out. No, this is, we're going to move forward. We got this. We got this. Thank you so much, Barbie, for coming down here and talking to us today for our special Father's Day podcast. We love hearing about your dad. And although I never met him, I feel like I know him and, and knowing your daughter, I know that he must have been a great guy. So we really appreciate you coming and talking and sharing with us. Thank Bill. you for letting me honor him. Oh, he's he's in our hearts. And this this Sunday, we will we will toast to him. Yeah. <laughs> we will honor definitely yes. and honor him. That's right. Let's make it a Bill Mitchell day. Let's do it. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Have a terrific Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers out there and the young men. I know I... Had a great dad. May he rest in peace. I have a great husband who's a terrific father. And I have raised a man who I know will be a great father too. So happy Father's Day to all of you. Absolutely. And happy Father's Day to my father, Dennis, who's a big listener. Dennis. My two boys who probably aren't going to listen, but I'm just going to say happy Father's Day. They have been great fathers and great examples to me and especially to my husband, who is the best father and papa in the world. He absolutely is. Thank he you is. for joining us. Have a uh, happy Father's Day once again. And uh, for this edition of Two Average Girls, I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. We'll see you next time. Episodes of Two Average Girls are free wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button on the Two Average Girls main page so you never have to go searching for new episodes. Our editor is Aiden Bloomstein. Our social media producer is Samantha Stone. And original music for Two Average Girls is by Jason Fries. <laughs>